0: I just thinking of like a giant banana I don't know sorry everything hurts and I'm dying (laughs) this is everything hurts and I'm dying the podcast to remind you that health and fitness is for everyone it doesn't have to be miserable you're allowed to enjoy yourself join me your host Julia Krauss, as we navigate together through the world of toxic fitness six-pack abs Instagram booties and no days off to find real human experiences our world is different It is inclusive and accessible. It is fun and challenging. It is friendly and supportive. It is open, real, honest, vulnerable, and brave. Everyone's journey of health and fitness is different, as it should be, and I'm here to help you along on yours. Welcome, you belong here. Everything hurts and I'm dying. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Everything Hurts and I'm Dying, the podcast about health and fitness, where we describe health and fitness. <laughs> I'm sorry to surprise you with that fact. Um, today, we are here with the amazing Rita hope Rita, hi. Hi, Julia. It's nice to be back. I'm very happy to have you back. It's very exciting to have <laughs> you back. Will you please remind our audience who you are? So, um...
1: um... Dear audience, I work with Julia, Uh, we work in the same gym and um, we uh, work here as uh, personal trainers and I'm also a nutritionist, uh, which is also my
0: passion. So uh, I'm looking forward to this hour or so to chat
1: about that.
0: I'm really excited. So we brought Rita back (laughs) because a lot of you guys have had a lot of questions about nutrition. Um, lately, so we had to bring Rita back, obviously. A, for her shining personality, and B, for her actual information that she has in her brain. And I want her to share all that information with us, so we have a ton of questions and answers today. Um, so stay tuned, and we will get to it very soon. Everything hurts, and I'm dying! <laughs> so, uh, question number one for Rita, how's your week? What are you doing, and what are we working on? Okay, so, yeah, um, yeah, um,
1: My week has been um, interesting. I've been just recently back from holiday, so I'm just settling back in, uh, just um, making sure that I uh, get to see all my clients and just getting back to the routine. But I'm also feeling a little bit like run down. So this is um, um, (laughs) a struggle (laughs) coming to Thursday now. But yeah, all is going well, actually. Training has been all right so far. Um, We'll see how it goes today. If it goes well, then I'm officially not sick (laughs) and that will be a win for the week. Um, Yeah, other than that, um, still training towards that um, heavy back squat uh, that we talked about last time, so I won't really go into much more detail about that. It's um, (laughs) um, progressing slowly, (laughs) as all heavy lifts do. Uh, and then I'm also adding in some more like um, uh, varied uh, conditioning uh, bit nice. in preparation for a potential comp uh, at the end of November. Tell
0: me more about this potential comp at the oh end God. of November. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <so laughs>
1: I'm a little nervous about it. It will be my first comp. It will be like a fitness competition, um, with um several um uh, different exercises uh, in like different workouts. Uh, it's a team comp as well, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how um, I can work as part of a team. I'm usually a lone wolf, so <laughs> it will be interesting to uh, see that. And it's um it's kind of interesting. Um, for me to see how well I'll be able to push myself and um, yeah I always wanted to try that so I'm looking forward to trying that obviously there are things that I now need to improve loads on that have not been priorities uh, for me in the past um, um, couple of months really uh, so I'm just going to focus on those for the next eight weeks and just try to be uh, bring my endurance uh, up and just maintain strength and just
0: sort of um, improve performance really nice what were the specific can i ask what are the specific things that you were looking to kind of bring up so um, i am not
1: really a cardio person so i avoid it as much as i can <laughs> <laughs> apart from like walking uh, i do uh, um enjoy uh, heat cardio not so much like this um where um, which would be like um um more paced uh, longer duration uh, cardio um which is not necessarily anything that I will need for the comp, but it is definitely a good training strategy to improve um, that as well. Uh, So I'm um, primarily looking to improve like um, performance on the ski and the rower and the assault bike. Uh, So those are the main ones that I um, know might be a struggle for me. Uh, But then on top of that, it's like technical uh, things uh, in terms of uh, like barbell and dumbbell work, um, uh, lifting and just um. Um, really agility and just being quick on my feet to nice. be able to transition, um, uh, efficiently between uh, exercises, but we don't know the workouts in advance. So I only have like a faint idea of, um, but it will be, I think we'll figure it out closer to come. So when, when do they tell you, <laughs> do they tell you like the day of, or? Uh, honestly, I can't remember. I feel like, um, That'll someone said off it's so the much. day of, oh, and God. someone said it, um, um will know it, uh, like, uh, like a couple of weeks prior, maybe, um. I'm not sure. It's such hope... a big difference. Yeah, it is a big difference. But at the end of the day, like I'm not going to bail on this comp, whatever happens. So yes. if I know it on the day or if I know it two weeks in advance, then I just have more time to stress or maybe like improve on those uh, couple of things. But I have a rough idea of what my weaknesses are. And uh, I will just try to uh, make sure that I can <laughs> work on those because... Since I'm um, usually uh, programming my own training, obviously I'm biased and I uh, prioritize those things that I enjoy doing mm. and I'm better at it, so I do more of those, so I just get better and better at those uh, things. Uh, so now I have to make sure that I do the things that I don't like as much. So we shall see. It will be an interesting two months.
0: I've realized that when you do your own programming, and I use you as like the general you, when you do your own programming, um, you're either sort of like, It's either one or the other. Mm. So you either program the stuff that you like or you program the stuff that you don't like. Mm. And so you're either kind of, like, playing into your strengths or Mm. you're, like, a glutton for punishment. Mm. And I feel like no one is ever, like, balanced about it. Yeah, I
1: guess. But also when I say, like, it's usually not, like, um, a subjective, like, necessarily. It's also, like, an objective, like. Like, Mm. um, I don't know a lot of people who like lunges, for example. Mm. And I really struggle when I do my like heavy walking lunges but I know how good they are for me so objectively I like what they will help me achieve so I still program them I mean more like things that I I find them like a bit annoying like I've uh, never really got on with like uh, kettlebell snatches because I keep like um, bashing the kettlebells into my forearms Uh, so obviously there's uh, stuff that I need to work on to improve my technique there Uh, so these are the sort of things that I feel like It will be useful if I'm kind of forced to uh, practice them more. Nice, nice. I like that.
0: Everything hurts and I'm dying. (laughs) Welcome back, guys. Um, Yeah, I was going to say I'm apologizing for some of our voices this week because I think everybody in this room is run down a little (laughs) bit and getting a little bit sick. So I do apologize for the way that our voices sound. Um, We are going to jump straight into the questions for Rita. Mm, So all these questions are from you guys, our lovely audience. Thank you for sending them in. Uh, here we go, let's just jump in. So question number one is, how much protein do I actually need? Okay, so <laughs> um, this is a question
1: that I get asked quite frequently and um, obviously not knowing who sent this question in, I have no idea uh, what their goals are or what they are working towards or what their like current situation is. And uh, we can't really give blanket recommendations uh, to uh, if we want like uh, an optimal uh, solution, so I'm just going to give some recommendations with the goals in mind uh, that could uh, suit uh, whoever <laughs> is listening to us, and now hopefully everyone can um, figure out which category they uh, fall into, and that might be uh, just a useful way to look at it. Um, so, basically, um, uh, protein recommendations used to be uh, very different compared to how they are uh, now. Now it's um, It's it's been like um, decades decades ago, sorry. Uh, Now, in most um, places, you get a recommendation based on your body weight. So uh, you would need that information to make sure that it's uh, actually suitable for your body and there's massive differences between uh, people of different sizes. Mm -hmm. So you can't really uh, look at protein recommendations without looking at um, size and body weight. Um, So all the recommendations that I'm going to mention today will be based on that uh, and uh, I'm using a metric system. uh, So it will be in kilograms of uh, (laughs) body weight before anyone um, gets a bit confused um, with stones and pounds. Uh, So um, basically for general health as a bare minimum, uh, we are recommended to eat 0.8 grams of protein uh, per body weight in kilograms. So whatever is your body weight, you might multiply it by 0.8 and you get uh, that answer. So if you're a hundred kilogram individual, you are going to uh, need to eat 80 grams of protein as a bare minimum um, within the day. Um, Usually um, this minimum is really not um, a good starting point for those of us uh, who train mm-hmm. uh, and um, i imagine uh, the majority of our audience uh, would be into fitness and into some uh, sort of training so we will have to consider increasing that uh, protein um a target just to optimize training recovery mm-hmm. uh, however how much we optimize uh, how much we increase it by is um also dependent on personal preference and um like personal goals, because if someone is um, trying to let's say, optimize uh, muscle gain, they might need a little uh, more, but if someone is massively into like performance sports or like endurance sports, Mm -hmm. they will have to consider how that protein intake fits into their overall um, diet and their overall like caloric intake. Mm -hmm. And um, I often see uh, the two ends of the uh, spectrum where people eat either too little or too much protein for their specific goals. Uh, Too little is very common if someone is just starting on um, uh, their journey and uh, too much is very common if someone is like a, a seasoned athlete and then uh, they um, they just try to in come as much as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with that is that obviously um, a calorie balance will be important for whatever goal we um, have in mind and protein will take up um, um, a portion of that caloric intake. So if our protein intake is very, very high, we are going to have less calories left over for uh, carbs and fat and carbs feeling performance really well uh, for certain athletes it would be very important that they uh, make sure that they are hitting those targets to um, uh, optimize their um, performance and their uh, like uh, glycogen restoration from training for example Uh, so therefore um, I don't really like to give like a really really high uh, protein uh, intake recommendation for um, those athletes Mm-hmm. but uh, for uh, people who are trying to lose weight or elderly populations um, a higher protein intake would be uh, potentially more beneficial especially um, for the elderly because of uh, anabolic resistance which means that they are going to need more to have a similar effect um, after each meal okay. um, so um, if we are uh, looking at like general general population who are training for like fun and just uh, um like not to like an athlete level Mm -hmm. between 1.2 to 1.6 grams of protein per body weight uh, per kilogram would be a decent starting point Uh, we don't uh, absolutely have to worry about much more than that and for anyone who tries to um uh, maximize muscle gain or um, uh, are trying to lose uh, body fat for example um, therefore are in a calorie deficit a higher intake could be useful just because it helps with um, uh, satiety as well mm-hmm. so maybe um, 1.8 to 2.2 uh, grams and uh, for elderly populations I would also recommend like um, uh, 2 grams and above I find that um, that's a population that really struggles with the protein intake just because appetite tends to re- reduce as well and uh, since protein is very satiated it's very, very rare that um, um, pensioners eat two grams of protein per body weight in kilograms. So uh, it's just interesting. Um, it could be an interesting consideration if we have elderly relatives uh, to educate them or um, just to try to help them out with um, uh, an increased intake. And then obviously, um, in case of someone recovering from a surgery or illness um, and increased protein intake they can also help with that and just um, uh, help um, um, with rebuilding the immune system and such. Nice, very good.
0: Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome back. We are on to question number two with our lovely nutritionist, Rita Holt. Hi, Rita. Hi,
1: Julia.
0: <laughs> so question number two is, what is the best source of carbohydrates? Okay, so (laughs) I love
1: questions like this because (laughs) the answer is never what people want like i will never (laughs) be able to give an answer that like oh this is the single best source of carbohydrates because there's just so many considerations just like there's no single best source of uh, fats or proteins or like really anything in life because a lot of it comes down again to personal goals but personal preferences as well and i think often people um overlook that fact that their preference is sometimes more important than what the science says yes. and I think um, it's probably because we have been at least when I was growing up uh, fitness has been this hardcore thing where you're either on it and like you're 100% and yes. you're dedicated and grind and everything all those um, uh, no pain no gain words no and expressions. yeah exactly that is not a long term or at least a sustainable uh, way to look at things and this is not really um suitable for probably 99% of the people that I've come across. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always people who are really dedicated and they are like on it um 100% of the time over a certain period of time but they feel like f- for a lack of better uh, term, fall off the uh, bandwagon at one point Mm -hmm. because either their goals might change and they um, don't feel like they need to be as um, as strict or they just can't maintain it. So uh, getting back to the question really, I won't um, give you an answer um, to what is the best source of karma, but uh, I will give you like um, more of an explanation why there is no answer um, because there is a consideration based on, for example, what do you need that carb for? Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, in our world, we will need the carbs to fuel our performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we want to train better, we want to um, h- eat enough carbs. But, for example, how close to our training we are eating will determine what is the best source of carbohydrate for that individual meal. Uh, the closer we eat to uh, the uh, training, the more, like, simp- the simpler carbohydrates mm-hmm. uh, we will... Um, um, we are going to choose uh, more... Sim- sim- how yes, you- simple yeah. carbohydrates versus <laughs> complex so carbohydrates. So simple carbohydrates will be a better choice uh, if we are eating closer to our training sessions, and complex carbohydrates will be um, a potentially better choice um, if we are eating um, like um, a longer amount of time before our training sessions. Just because of how um, absorption and digestion uh, happens, we will have to make these sort of considerations. So um, also, if someone... Uh, has like um, like a dip uh, during their training session, they might just reach for simple sugars. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's not uncommon uh, just in our gym, but in uh, loads of other gyms <laughs> to uh, pass a, b- a bag of Haribo's around yep. <laughs> uh, and then everyone uh, just gets back to their training after uh, consuming a handful just because that's a, such a nice quick source of carbohydrate mm-hmm. and uh, it gets broken down fairly easily in the body. So we get some quick fuel for our sessions. So really, uh, I think the best source will be dependent on when you're eating and what you like to eat. Uh, you don't have to eat something that you don't like because there's just so many options. Carbs are literally the easiest macronutrient, in my opinion, to uh, cover in our diet. Nice. So why not uh, make it as varied as we want it to be?
0: Cool, I love that. Could you just give some really quick examples of simple carbohydrates and complex carbohydrates for the audience? So I often get asked what to eat if you like get up in
1: the morning and you have a training session like first uh, thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I find that usually... Um, eating something like a banana is um, a decent um, uh, option for most people depending on your size and the size of the banana some people uh, get away with just eating a half because it is important why was (laughs) I
0: thinking that the banana would be like human size? because it depends on your size and the size Mm. of the banana why was I just thinking of like a giant banana I don't know sorry that was my thought process. I
1: I mean I would love to see that
0: if if anyone had
1: access to giant bananas uh, no Um, in the end uh, but um, yeah, if you have like uh, more time before your training session, let's say you're training like around 4 p.m. and you have time to have like a proper lunch, then just have something more complex, like um, have a combination of whatever, a whole grain rice with uh, vegetables. That would be a a great source um, of um, fuel uh, because you're eating about two hours, uh,
0: two to three hours before your training session. Nice. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. No worries. Everything hurts and I'm dying. (laughs) Alrighty, so question number three, Rita, how do I stop late night snacking?
1: Mm, Okay, so I think I will um, approach this question from like um, a bit further away from. Uh, So usually when people feel like they don't make like a conscious decision, to snack but it just kind of happens or like they um because i obviously if it was someone who um mm, i know i shouldn't snack so i'm not going to snack it's usually the person who i know i shouldn't really snack but i'm still snacking how <laughs> do i um avoid that um i find that in most cases it's uh, due to one of two things either um Absolute restriction, which means that you are maybe like restricting your caloric intake. So you are actually um, undereating, either on purpose because of um, uh, dieting or by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, or it can be relative or perceived restriction, which can mean that you are eating to your um, calorie uh, targets for like maintenance or even a surplus. But you're not necessarily choosing uh, food items that you would like to have in your diet. And then um, maybe uh, late at night uh, you're craving those foods and then you can't really resist any longer and that's when you uh, tend to eat them. So both of these have like different ways um, uh, that we can um, 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 cope with them. Uh, Obviously, if our goal is to um, lose uh, body fat, we will have to be in a calorie deficit. uh, So uh, it's inevitable that we would have to... uh, be in a restricted uh, state but if we are trying to um uh, concentrate on choosing foods that are more satiating that's mm-hmm. a higher fiber or higher protein and just making sure that our dinner meal is um uh, like a, a satisfying meal mm-hmm. uh, then we can potentially uh, find it easier uh, to uh, start snacking uh, late at night another thing that i think uh, is <laughs> It will sound so obvious, but I think a lot of people don't think about it. It's just go to bed earlier. <laughs> it's just so yeah. easy. I think um, it's just one of the best like weight loss hacks um, around. If you sleep enough, you will be less hungry, but also you have less time to actually eat. Yeah. And late night snacking um, just means to me that it's probably like after 10. Uh, so after 10 especially if you get up like at six or seven in the morning like you should really probably go to bed so that you have your um eight hours of sleep so it can be uh, just um, a simple solution wash your teeth after your um um evening meal and then go to bed early um but if it's more about perceived restriction um i usually find it's a better uh, way uh, to deal with it if you actually include the foods that you um would otherwise miss in your like daily um diet okay. um, so often if someone um finds um uh, that they um tend to go on a binge um in the evening of like chocolate or cookies or whatever it might be uh then i might recommend that they have a piece of chocolate after lunch or after dinner or both mm-hmm. and then that will lose its sort of power over them and also resisting throughout the entire day when you really crave something it just really um tests your willpower and by the time you get um, uh, to the evening when you're tired or stressed and all day you've been just thinking about having that snack you might just um, give up and might just give in really um so it is not um, a viable solution to restrict all of the food items that you would um, um, be craving. I, I think it is uh, it is similar in case of someone doing like a, a more restrictive diet throughout the week and finds themselves uh, binging in the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that um, it usually comes down to the same um, um, reasons. So I would just recommend that uh, if that is constantly the case, clearly that diet is not working for you, especially if you end up overeating through those late night snackings, mm-hmm. so that you are not, um, the results that you want, something has to change. If uh, if it's not working out, something will just need to change.
0: Yeah, nice. I, I think a lot of people need to realize that willpower is a finite resource. So mm-hmm. you only have so much willpower in in a day. Like let's you have like ten willpower points. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly using those points on You know, holding yourself back from Mm. things throughout the day, Mm. you sort of run out of points at the end of the day. And food is just a single thing on uh, amongst a myriad of things. Yes, yes. So we just have
1: to make so many decisions, and in many cases, those decisions are like not even related to eating. Exactly, it is tiring, and if especially because um, many of us find uh, comfort in eating. If we are at the end of a long day, it's not going to feel like a natural choice to uh, say no to snacking because we are going to find it comforting and we are going to um, enjoy the actual um, experience as
0: well as the food. Mm-hmm. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> Alrighty guys, so we are going to take a quick time out of the questions to get to our weekly segment called Beefcake. And it's all about our gym beef. So, Hmm. what's our beefcake this week?
1: Okay, so my beefcake is obviously nutrition-related again. (laughs) Although we had a good one last time that I still (laughs) hear people talking about with the sports bar pets. So, them in. Still annoyed, still annoyed. Oh my God, and I
0: think about it all the time now. (laughs) Yeah, every every
1: damn day. (laughs) Okay, so my uh, beefcake is then should you be eating that uh, with this literal tone Um, that uh, I'm sure lots of people get this question and uh, me being a nutritionist I get this even more I feel because I think most people assume that if you're a nutrition professional you should know better you should be eating healthy and those are all like arbitrary terms first of all second of all usually those people who ask me or all of us these yeah. questions have no clue about our goals and our preferences yeah. and our uh, overall diet and our overall activity levels so just making this assumption that oh it's chocolate so you shouldn't be eating that or it's a fatty food so you shouldn't be eating that it's just such uh it just doesn't make sense and it just really a reflection on the beliefs of the person who asks asks the question, Mm. not us, but I know in many cases, people get really self-conscious when they get this question asked because they feel like oh maybe I shouldn't or oh, why are they asking especially if it's a person that they um, uh, respect for example mm-hmm. or if it's uh, if it happens in the gym and if it's someone who looks a certain way and they think uh, oh that person might know what they are doing and if he's asking me or she's asking me uh, that um, I should probably not be eating that because otherwise they wouldn't and uh, we might get like uh, just all worked up in our heads about what we should or shouldn't do mm. stop it stop it stop it <laughs> no one else knows you as well as you do. And a person who just asks you this question but doesn't ask you any other questions has no right to comment on your diet if they are trying to help you and you've given them loads of information about your diet and they ask you oh do you think this is the best food to support your goals that's a very different discussion but if this is the only thing that they ask you without knowing anything about you just forget it and just move on with your life and just um i don't even really like to comment on it um but definitely you shouldn't feel like you should just uh, come up with an explanation and just uh, um, try to uh, explain your way out of like, oh, I haven't eaten chocolate for like three weeks, so this is my first yeah. piece of chocolate. No one cares. Eat the chocolate if you <laughs> want the chocolate. Like, it, it isn't anyone's business. So, yeah,
0: that would be my gif- uh, gym beef or beefcake. Exactly. You don't, you don't need to justify yourself. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't need to justify yourself to anyone really ever about really <clears throat> much of anything, <clears throat> especially what you decide to eat. God forbid, eat. <clears throat> eat the chocolate, yeah. like live your life, mm. live a little,
1: mm-hmm. exactly.
0: <laughs> tagline, <laughs> live a little, eat the fucking eat chocolate, eat the chocolate, <laughs> and so the mean, <laughs> and so it in the stupid sports oh my god, ah, so passionate about both <laughs> <Okay>. of these, <laughs> everything hurts and I'm dying, <laughs> okay guys, our next question for Rita is, why am I so much hungrier some days than others, <laughs> Okay,
1: so again, I have no idea who asked this question, so um, I don't even know if it's um, a female or a male, but um, basically, it's just how life is. <laughs> we all get hungrier on some days than others. Um, it has to do with a lot of factors, actually. Uh, sleep being one of them, stress being another um um also like uh, for females like the menstrual cycle uh, for uh, both males and females activity levels and uh, just training uh, intensity so there are really like no like clear cut uh, like answers to questions like this because there are just so many factors so um, if this is an issue for you um my suggestion would be that you Kind of track your hunger and eat accordingly, uh, whatever your goal might be. Uh, so um, you do not have to feel like you have to eat the exact same amount of food every single day because someday we are just hungrier. Mm. So why not eat more on those days when we are hungrier and less on the days when we are not as hungry and just balance it out over the week? I think we talked about it um, last time I was on the podcast as well. How? Um, it gives us a lot of dietary flexibility if we follow our hunger cues and follow our like, activity levels in terms of determining how much we want to eat on um, um, a certain day, but in, even in every single meal. Because some people just don't get as hungry uh, during breakfast uh, time, but they get very hungry in the evening. So if you force yourself, uh, if you're one of these people, and if you force yourself to have breakfast, but then you're very hungrier in the evening, you might just end up in a calorie surplus instead of just uh, eating more according to your hunger. And just uh, pushing your meals, um, um, like the bigger meals towards the evening time. Mm-hmm. So um, really, um, there are many reasons why you could be hungrier and uh, none of them are wrong. Uh, the only thing um, that I think would be uh, like something I can actually do about um, uh, would be the sleep uh, restriction or uh, deprivation, really. So if you are not sleeping enough, you are going to be hungry the next day so it would be ideal if you could just um, improve your sleep um, so that it doesn't happen as often because for either of or like any of the goals that we have um, sleeping enough will just be useful uh, either to uh, maintain our um, hunger home or to keep our hunger hormones at bay mm-hmm. or uh, to uh, be able to optimally perform in the gym or just to be like um, able to repair our immune system for general health. Nice. Life hack. Sleep Mm. is
0: probably the solution.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's definitely one of the top ones I would recommend. (laughs) Nice. Love that. Awesome. Everything hurts and I'm dying. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. The next question that we have for Rita is, what is the deal with chicken and rice? So just context a little bit for the audience. This is kind of the typical bodybuilder's Mm. meal where it's chicken and rice, chicken and rice. Sometimes it's chicken, rice and broccoli. I'm sure you <laughs> see this on Instagram all the time as like the mm. classic meal prep. So what is the deal with chicken and rice? So I
1: will assume that the actual question is why are so many people choosing to eat chicken and rice? Um, either in a bodybuilder's diet or or just like for general population as well. Um, I think it's Probably because, uh, and I could be wrong, because I'm neither a bodybuilder nor um, have been um, alive when chicken and rice came around as uh, the main sources of uh, dietary um, uh, intake for uh, carbohydrates and protein. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, basically, um, I suppose it's because. Um, chicken is an easy uh, source of protein because it's primarily protein, because most often uh, chicken would mean chicken breast without uh, the skin. So Mm -hmm. that's basically almost no fat and the chicken doesn't um, have carbohydrates either. So it's basically just protein. And then uh, rice is usually just white rice without any sort of um, additional flavoring or um, uh, fats used for cooking. Uh, So that is just uh, mostly uh, carbohydrates with a very uh, low um uh, fiber content uh, so that is just an ideal um uh, source of carbohydrate to uh restore gli- glycogen stores after mm-hmm. training and it's just a very straightforward meal like there's like no surprises there you have your carbs and you have your protein and then if you add the broccoli you have your your health i guess mm-hmm. um uh, or just the color um to make it less uh boring mm-hmm. i imagine um there's absolutely no need to live off of chicken and rice. Also, you can vary your rice um, and eat like more whole grain, but it kind of brings us back to what's the best source of carbohydrates. So if you want a more complex carbohydrate, you might uh, just use something that's um, a higher fiber like uh, wild rice or uh, red rice or or whole grain uh, rice. And if you want just a quick source of um, uh, carbs, then white rice is absolutely uh, fine, Uh, but then um, it is also kind of the reason why bodybuilders tend to choose white rice because it is not very satiating Mm -hmm. um, due to the lack of fiber. Uh, So they are often in like a massive calorie surplus. So they need to eat a lot of meals and eating a lot of uh, meals to uh, take in um, uh, that many calories can be quite stressful for uh, the digestive uh, system so if it's um, easier to digest um, uh, because it's um, uh, a simpler uh, carbohydrate source uh, it's not going to take up as much time and they are going to be able to utilize uh, that um, for their um, performance or, or um, just bodybuilding purposes so really um I suppose this is the main consideration behind that. But um, for general population, I would always recommend variety and uh, preference. But if someone is really struggling to uh, hit a certain uh, targets, then usually it can be um, a good idea to just um, eat more simpler carbs, for example, to up the calories. Nice.
0: nice. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> Alrighty, our next question for Rita is, is it important to vary my sources of protein if I'm trying to hit my daily protein target?
1: Okay, so I actually know who this question is from, and there is some extra context to it, and um, I would really like to talk about that bit as well. But first of all, like it really brings us back to my previous answer that I would always recommend a more varied um, diet, uh, mm-hmm. just because um, most of the foods that we eat are um, uh, consist of different building blocks. So even if it's just like a protein source, uh, protein is broken down into amino acids in our bodies, and each uh, protein source has different levels of the different amino acids in them. Uh, usually, animal protein proteins are um considered to be uh, complete uh, protein sources so they would um have all the uh, essential um, amino acids that we require uh, uh plant uh, sources might not have uh, that but even with the animal sources there's always going to be a difference in the level of like each of those amino acids so variety would be useful um if um someone um has like a condition where they can't actually eat uh, either uh, ethical or um otherwise uh, can't actually eat certain uh, types of uh, protein sources uh, then obviously they will be uh, more restricted in their choices so um i would still vary uh, between at least a handful of different types mm-hmm. um but actually the question um came with like an additional uh, consideration which was that if at the end of the day you still have like uh, 60 grams of uh, protein left can you just eat like three yogurts Mm -hmm. of uh, which are like the uh, ones that have like 20 grams in each and um i would really um consider again the goal of that individual because um with protein intake if the goal is muscle gain then the protein serving should be more spread out throughout the day so you're not going to find a massive benefit of eating 60 grams over eating like 30 grams, depending on the size of the um, individual. So, why eat that much more? Like, the only reason is, oh, because for the day you want to hit the target, but it's not actually going to help with the uh, muscle gain more than the 30 grams um, would potentially, again, uh, depending on the size of the person. So, there's no real um, necessity to eat that much protein in a single meal Mm. same if uh, someone is trying to lose weight if you end up at the end of the day with um 60 grams of protein left over even if you eat a source that's a hundred percent protein which is like um none of the sources that we have like even um um chicken chicken or vape wouldn't be a hundred percent but for every gram of protein uh, we are um Uh, considering four calories so if it's 60 grams of protein 60 times four would be uh, 240 calories so if you take in 240 calories and let's say you're not even hungry but your goal is fat loss wouldn't you be better off not having that Mm -hmm. uh, and just um, uh, increasing your deficit or if you are actually hungry and you are not getting any sort of extra benefits uh, apart from like um what you would get from eating like 20 25 30 grams then why not just eat uh, the dishonor amount uh but uh, getting back to like the variety uh, part of the question, if you can keep it varied, keep it varied throughout the day, not necessarily in a single meal. So it wouldn't be a problem if you eat forty grams of protein just from chicken in one meal, but then you have it from, let's say, eggs, and, um, and maybe in another meal uh, also adding some lentils. So just a good variety between plant and animal sources could be
0: uh, a good consideration. Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> Alrighty. Our next question for Rita is, can I get stronger and lose weight at the same time? Uh, So, um,
1: uh, yes. Um, It is not, like, mutually exclusive, but it is more difficult than either just losing uh, weight or getting stronger, uh, just because we would have to consider a couple, um, like, um, of things that would be more specific to... um, our uh, nutrition and training in uh, these sort of cases. So, uh, getting stronger um, will like require us to uh, train in a progressive manner and uh, also to um, build muscle um so basically um the two things that we would have to consider would be uh, protein intake uh, to maximize muscle um, um, recovery and uh, building and then also training performance uh, which is fueled by carbohydrates uh, but also um, potentially caffeine and uh, other uh, supplements so basically what we want to make sure of is that our training is properly fueled and is a priority both in terms of like um, energy levels and also like nutrition. So if um, someone is trying to lose weight at the same time, they are uh, going to be in a calorie deficit, um, like if they know what they are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they are in a calorie deficit, that means that they are going to eat less um, um, at every meal probably or at certain meals. Um, but I would usually... Um arrange it in a way that uh, the meals around training don't suffer uh, too much. So I would take away uh, the uh, calories from uh, other meals that are not directly influencing um, uh, training, either performance or recovery, uh, so that the training can be a priority even at this time. Uh, So uh, think about like carb cycling, uh, which means that you would um, save up quite a lot of your carbohydrates uh, for your meal before and after your training. Uh, and then also think about um, like um, uh, caffeine and uh, training times just to actually feel like you have the energy to train mm. uh, because those will be important to um, um, build strength to perform uh, really well in your training and um, um, in the end just to uh, of course build muscle as well and then of course um, with the recovery meals we need to uh, focus on the protein intake as well but the protein intake has to be high anyways uh, to have its which is important in a calorie deficit. So yes, um, it is possible, but it is a little uh, trickier. So the considerations would have to be slightly different than if someone just wants to lose weight or build muscle. Nice. Everything hurts
0: and I'm dying. (laughs) Alrighty, our next question is, what is your favorite meal to eat out at a restaurant? So uh,
1: whenever I get questions like this, I always feel like it's a loaded question. It might just be me, but I never know if uh, the question is aimed at me, Rita, who is just a person who goes out to restaurants, or aimed at me, a nutrition professional, who um, is required to give a recommendation uh, for the audience now. So I'm just going to... give a recommendation for both, I guess, uh, just because I don't want to disappoint um, anyone. So if I, uh, Rita, go out to a restaurant, I will always choose something that I wouldn't make myself at home nice. because oh it's God. like too um, uh, too much fluff or like a, it's a cuisine that I'm not that familiar with, um, or I just needs uh, like a lot of ingredients or thousands of hours of cooking and washing up. So I would always choose something that um, uh, I would probably not uh, cook for myself. But but it can be anything, really. Um, I personally try to make sure that my meals have enough uh, protein in them uh, for for any meal that I go out for. Uh, recently, I go out more for like brunches rather than like lunches or dinners. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would often go for, like, pancakes, uh, but <laughs> uh, I guess this is the nutritionist in me talking. I often would ask for, like, some poached eggs on the side that I would have, and then I would have the pancakes yes. just so that I can make sure that I hit my protein target as well. Uh, but um, my choice wouldn't be based around what I should be eating. Um, necessarily, it's more about, like, what I fancy from the menu. Nice. Um, as a nutrition professional, I guess I have to bring it back to, what is your goal? <laughs> like, Are you uh, currently dieting and you're uh, going out um, to your restaurant and you want to make sure that you're still progressing while you're eating out? Or are you currently uh, bulking or um, uh, eating for performance? Because those will all, uh, help uh, determine what you uh, should be uh, concentrating on. I um, would usually recommend if someone um, Uh, tries to stay quite um, uh, strict while they are on um, a weightless diet, for example, that if they are going out, it can be easier to choose either something that's higher carbohydrate or something that is higher fat rather than both. So if they crave pasta, maybe choose something that's with uh, tomatoes and chicken, mm. which would be lower in fat. Uh, or if they uh, crave a steak, maybe choose a steak with uh, like salad on the side. So it's even though it's higher fat, they are uh, saving some um, uh, uh, calories on um, the sides. But if someone is just going out uh, to a restaurant every once in a while, and it's not like a regular occurrence, my main recommendation is just to choose whatever the F you want. Because yeah. really it's a treat and we don't often um, necessarily get the um, uh, option to go out. So but don't feel like you always have to choose the best option Whatever that might be in your head or for your uh, personal um, um, goals, because this is just one meal mm-hmm. over whoever knows how long. Uh, it's just like when someone has a birthday, just eat the cake. It mm-hmm. just it's not the end of the world. Whatever you end up choosing, but also you can work your way up towards that meal in advance or uh, adjust your week after you went to the restaurant if you are really uh, keen to um, uh, stick uh, to your um, uh, goals. So really just try to enjoy the meals. It's not, uh, don't make it more complicated than it has to be. Um, But I hope I managed to give some uh, basic recommendations um, if uh, someone was interested to get those instead.
0: Nice, I like that. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Go out (laughs) and enjoy the food with your friends or Mm. family or whoever. Love Mm. it, awesome. Everything hurts and I'm dying. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Everything Hurts and I'm Dying. If you want to get a hold of Rita or find out more about what she does, uh, you can get a hold of her on Instagram at prioritize underscore you. That's prioritize underscore you. And that's prioritize with a Z or a Z, Mm -hmm. not an S. (laughs) Brits, take that. (laughs) Okay, awesome. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Rita. Thanks for having me, Julia. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure, babe. (laughs) Everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and watching Everything Hurts and I'm Dying. I'm your host, Julia Krause. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at question or questions at ehaid.com. That's questions at ehaid.com. You can also check out our website at everythinghurtsandimdying.co.uk or ehaid.com. If you want to get a hold of me, you can check out my Instagram at t training 20 That's at T-Rex Training 20. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Have a great rest of your week.